the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the Word to Stand On for Life. Hi, my name is Pastor Ken. And if you are a regular listener to this radio show, uh, don't be surprised. It is my turn to fill in for Pastor Ron as he uh, begins his vacation. And so, but everything else will continue here as usual. Uh, This is the Word to Stand On for Life, which is a radio show. For you, where we can help you with your walk with Jesus, we want to answer your Bible questions, questions about who Jesus is, questions about doctrine, questions about how to put the Word of God into practice in your life. So that's why we're here. Uh, Let me give you uh, quick programming notes uh, so that we can at least uh, manage your expectations. If again, if you're listening, uh, a regular listener to the show. I'm filling in for Pastor Ron. This week, we will be live on the radio taking your questions. And then next week, we will have pre-recorded programs. So, uh, let me give you a quick update. Uh, Pastor Ron and Paula have begun their vacation. They have landed in California. Their plane landed safely. So, thank you for your prayers. Uh, They say hello they want you to know that they will be praying for you, the radio listening audience, while they are there uh, beginning their vacation. They are probably on the beach already as we speak. Um, and in fact, I say this because I remember there's the, the Fred and Ethel bench uh, that Pastor Ron has mentioned before. It's the place where him and Paula like to go and sit and just stare at the ocean and listen to, to Jesus. And then one year, there was a gentleman, I believe his name is Michael. And Michael, if you happen to be listening, you need to move off that bench because Bala and Pastor Ron are ready to sit down and listen to Jesus. <laughs> Guys, uh, so today is Monday. This is the Monday edition. Let me do a quick recap. Uh, I hope you had a great day at church yesterday. We did here at Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Pastor Ron, right before he goes on his vacation, likes to jokingly say, people call in with your hard questions. Uh, I would gladly receive those questions and save them for Pastor Ron if I don't have an answer. That's okay. (laughs) Uh, But we want to give you the phone numbers to call in. So if you do have radio questions, questions about your Bible, the phone number here is 210-340-9585. 210-340-9585. The toll-free number, if you're out of the local area, is 877-630-5757. 877-630-5757. The email to submit your questions is questions, that's plural, at calvarysa.com. You can also submit questions uh, via our church mobile app. Uh, You can also call in to the radio show using the KSLR mobile app. Dial directly. There's a banner up top. 
so that you don't have to worry about messing with your phone while you're driving. Quickly, I wanted to uh, share something that was really neat. Like I said, I, I hope you had a great day with the Lord at church yesterday. Uh, yesterday's Bible study was, was a, a very challenging one. Uh, but I love, I really love what the Lord was doing. You know, here at Calvary Chapel, we, we give altar calls, and we, it just is an opportunity for people who, whose hearts have been touched by the Lord to respond. And yesterday, there was uh, something that really touched my heart. Uh, I met a couple named Frank and Mary couple who had attended church for the first time and uh, they they came in and looking for a place to sit down but I could see the look on their faces that there was something going on and I knew it was Jesus speaking to my heart to just go over to them to say hello uh, listen to their story and in in just minutes they were pouring their hearts out and sharing their hearts about some of the things that they're going through and they gave their lives to the Lord they were ready. It wasn't anything I said, but it was a Lord. It was obvious that the Lord was preparing their hearts, and I love that because that's what we're supposed to do at church. For those of you that regularly listen to this show, you've heard Pastor Ron say. In fact, he said this on Friday, right before he encouraged uh, everyone else to go to church. Be available. Be available at church. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. For those of you who love the Lord and have a thriving walk with Jesus, the reason why God has filled you with his spirit and the reason why God has done things in your life is so that you can go and take that, that comfort that God has comforted you with and go comfort someone else. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. And it happens all the time. The key is to be sensitive to the spirit, to listen. What I personally like to do is I walk into our, our, our sanctuary here, it's not a very big one, and I scan the room and I say, Jesus, who do you want me to talk to? Who here is hurting? Who here seems like they're alone? Practically, I say, Jesus, who? Who's here that I don't know? I want to know everybody's name. I want to know everybody's story. I want everyone to feel loved. Well, that's when I saw Mary, and that's when I saw Frank. And I just love what the Lord does when you're available. So I hope that encourages you. Um, I was listening to some of the old, older radio shows and even Friday's radio show, and that's something that stuck out to me. Ask Jesus who it is I can minister to, because that's why we come to church. Also to hear the Word of God and to be encouraged, but also to be an encouragement to others. Well, I've given you the, the, the phone numbers to call in, 210-340-9585. Uh, let's go right ahead to our phone lines. Mark in Austin, you're on the air. How can I help you? Um, I kind of think I know the answer, but I was curious um, what you might think. The people that are not saved, you know, maybe they have some intellectual faith, but they're not saved. Do they have any ability to fight evil or demons or the devil, or are they pretty much just like a helpless pond. Because I see shows where they try all this idiotic stuff to get demons out of people's lives and houses, and it never really works, and the people are all messed up. I mean, are they just helpless or until they come to Christ, or can he pretty much do what he wants to to them? I guess that's my question. Hi, Mark. Okay, great question. Great question. Mark, uh, they're helpless. Uh, so... The Bible tells us in Romans that we are slaves to sin. And whether people who are unsaved realize it or not, apart from the Spirit of God, we have no ability within ourselves to resist the temptation of sin. And so when it comes to spiritual attacks, when it comes to um, the enemy working in the lives of people that are not saved. They have no power. They have no capacity within themselves to resist. Now, the problem is uh, they think they do. I thought I did before I was saved. You know, if it's drinking or whatever it is, whatever sin they're under, 
uh, the mastery of. They think they have control of it and they think they're okay. But that's the tactic of the enemy. To make them feel like they're under control while still uh, the enemy knows that they're not. And so you're absolutely right, Mark. Uh, they have no capacity, no power, uh, because they don't have the Spirit of God living in them. Um, and that's why uh, Jesus himself said in John chapter 15 that he is the vine and, and we're the branches. And, and apart from him, we can't do anything. So even as believers, even as believers, if we're disconnected from Jesus, we're devoid of the Spirit's power working in our lives, and we, because we still have flesh, are also susceptible to giving in to the temptation of sin. We're susceptible to the enemy's attacks. But does that help answer your question, Mark? Yeah, that's kind of where I stood. I was just kind of curious what you thought. All right, thanks. You're welcome, Mark, and thank you for calling. I want to add something to this because uh, this is a vitally important question. Something that, Mark alluded to it, intellectually, most people know about Jesus. Most people have an idea of who he is. In fact, Pastor Ron says it all the time at church, you're here because you know of him, you know about him. But that doesn't mean you're saved. It doesn't mean you have the power of God working in your life. And, and I think the devil, one of his tactics is just to make people feel like knowing about Jesus is okay. But you're not. Knowing of him through religion or hearing about him, that doesn't mean that you're saved. You, you're only saved by believing, by putting your faith in the work that Jesus did on the cross to pay the price for my sin. Because effectively what we're saying is, Jesus, I'm going to stop trying to earn your righteousness by my good works. I'm recognizing that I can't do it on my own, but you've already done it for me, so instead of putting faith in myself, I'm putting my faith in you, and I'm submitting my life to you. That's what happens when a person becomes born again. Then the power of God's Spirit begins to work, to carry out the good works that he's already prepared for us. And the reason why I bring that up is because I, I have met with and sat and talked to so many people that, that are convinced that they're saved and that the power of God is working in them, um, but they don't actually have uh, a faith that saves them because they only know about him. And to the believer that, that is born again, so many times, I sit and talk to men or sit and talk with married couples that are going through really difficult things and they question God and wonder why so hard, why their lives are so hard and so miserable. And it's because they may be believers, but there's no power in their lives because they're living carnally or there's distance between them and Jesus and there's, there is no power of God's Spirit working in their lives. And the way that power works is by keeping short accounts, by repenting of our sin, staying so close to Jesus that nothing, nothing, no job, no relationship, no children, not even our spouses, get in between our hearts and Jesus' heart. Because that's when we're filled with his spirit, filled with his power, and able to resist the temptation of the enemy. Anyways, Mark, uh, thank you for that question. Thank you for that call. Uh, we do have some questions submitted, which I will get to here. Let's get to the first one. Uh, this question comes from Alan. On a previous Monday night study, you mentioned something to the effect of, my flesh is worse today than it was the day I got saved. Can you please explain uh, yes, Alan, and I remember saying this, this is something I actually say often because well, my flesh is stinky, and it's stinkier today, 21 years 
in my walk with the Lord, it's stinkier today than it was the day I got saved. And what I mean by that is this, because I know Jesus more today than I did the day I got saved. And because I know Jesus more, his, his light shines brighter in my life. And when Jesus, who is light, is shining, is sh the illumination in my heart is identifying all the shortcomings. Now, when I first got saved, I remember that day distinctly, November 30th, 1997. And no one had to convince me I was a sinner. I knew, no matter how hard I tried to hide it, I knew all of the evil things that I was up to. But on that day, I learned that Jesus loved me, and I gave my life to him, and I was born again. Everything started all over. And even if I knew about Jesus, it was then that I began to know him more intimately. Well, that day I knew my flesh was stinky. But today, because I know him more, his light shines brighter in my life, both, out, both outwardly and inwardly. And when I look at Jesus' light shining on my heart, what I see, it's worse than before. Now, that's a blow to my ego, because I, uh, my flesh is just like yours. I like to think after a while, doing things like walking with Jesus for 20 plus years, I start to learn how to do this, and I start to get better at things. And after a while, my flesh starts to think, you know what? I, I should look better by now. My flesh should look better. But as I get to know him more, I see that my flesh is actually more wicked, more evil, more self-centered than it was before. It's like when Paul the Apostle said in Romans, that in Romans chapter 7, he says that the law is good. And then he goes on to say, but I know that nothing good lives in me. He's talking about in my flesh. And what he's saying here is this, the reason that the law is good is number one, because it comes from God. But the purpose of the law was to highlight, to identify my sinfulness and my need for a Savior. That's why the law is good, because it acts like a mirror. And it reflects all the imperfections of my heart. And that forces me to dig deeper into Jesus. If, if Jesus was, if Jesus is the light of my life, I think of that this I walk into the bathroom, I turn on the light, I look in the mirror in the morning, and, ooh, what I see is immediately imperfection. Things that weren't there, new wrinkles, and all kinds of things. Well, guess what? If the light is even brighter, because as I get to know Jesus, his light shines brighter, well, I'm going to see more imperfection. That's why I say it's a blow to my ego. But it's a good thing. Because the more I see, then the closer it makes me want to be to Jesus. That's why the law is good. So, Ellen, I hope that makes sense. That's the reason why I say my flesh, it's worse today than it was the day I got saved. It's, it's because I know Jesus more. And even if my flesh is ugly, I know the Spirit of God living in me is greater than my flesh. And if I submit to the Spirit, then Jesus will empower me to do what he wants me to do today. I hope that helps, Alan. Let me give you the phone numbers one more time. 210-340-9585. That's the toll-free number, 877-630-5757. The email address is questions at calvarysa.com questions at calvarysa.com. You can also submit questions using our mobile app. I forgot to say something. Today is Monday. That also means that we usually have our Monday night Bible study. 
our Monday night men's and women's Bible studies, our high school and junior high studies uh, uh, are different today. Normally we'd have all four going on, but um, for this week and for next week, we do not have our adult Bible studies. So the, the Monday night men's Bible study and the Monday night women's Bible study would be on hold. Uh, but the junior high and high school study is still on. And so I, I apologize for not mentioning that. I'll mention it later on in the second half. But I know parents want to plan because that means that the kids have to find rides. So uh, the Bible studies for the youth and the junior high are still on tonight. The adult Bible studies are not on for this week and next week. All right, the next question is from Sarah. Sarah asks, is it wrong to get angry when someone brings up my past? I am saved, but I'm sensitive when someone brings up things I messed up in the past, uh, recently and distant. Sarah, it's anger by itself is not a sin. But in our anger, Paul, the apostle tells us, we can't sin. And so when someone brings up our past, it's easy to get angry and it's easy to respond. If we respond in anger because of what someone brought up from our past, then yes, that would be wrong. Now, I'm glad that you're saved and being sensitive to the things that we've done in the past is, is just a part of our flesh. But here's the important thing, Sarah. You have to remember that who you are today as a born-again Christian is not who you were before. The old Sarah is dead. The new Sarah, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Verse 17, I think there's another question I have today that's related. But, but this is a truth that you have to cling to. Paul says if there's anyone in Christ, then he is a new creation. The, new, the old is gone and the new has come. That is an essential truth that we cling to. When someone is born again, that means the old you and, and, and this is what I told Mary and I, what I told Frank yesterday. The Mary and Frank that walked into the church sanctuary doors is a completely different Mary and Frank that walks out of these doors. Now, on the outside, you look the same. But on the inside, you're completely changed. You're brand new. And, and this is how Jesus works. When forgiveness is given to us because of our past, we have a slate, a brand new slate, a clean slate. There is no spot, no blemish, no charge, no accusation, no guilt or shame that we need to carry any longer. Why? Because Jesus has taken all of that away from us. But then you have a choice to make. Every time someone brings up the past, you have to decide, am I going to respond to my past self and defend my past self or am I going to say you're absolutely right but that Sarah is dead and that's not who I am anymore and that's the proper response Sarah so don't fall for the trap of responding to the temptation to get angry when someone brings up your past now I understand believe me I've got quite a few things that someone can bring up from my past that I, my flesh wants to defend. But what I do is I say, you know what, you're absolutely right. And I deserve all of that. But that can is dead. I've been forgiven by Jesus of all of my sin. And I want you to know what he's done in my life. Because now the focus turns on what Jesus is doing today instead of defending what you did in the past. And those become great witnessing opportunities, Sarah. 
Yes, please. Don't give in to the trap of getting angry when someone brings up your past. Just own it and say, you're right. But then quickly transition to today. Okay, but this is what Jesus is doing today. And maybe you'll find that there's interest there and they want to know. That's a perfect opportunity to witness. And then if they continue to talk about the past and they're not interested, well, you know what? That's a conversation that you don't need to participate anymore. So, Sarah, thank you for your question. I, I hope that helps. We've got less than one minute, so I don't have time for another question. But let me remind you that today is uh, the Monday edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. My name is Pastor Ken. I'm filling in for Pastor Ron while he's on vacation. If you're just tuning in, uh, there are no Monday night Bible studies tonight at Calvary Chapel. Uh, The men and women's are on hold, but there are junior high and high school Bible studies tonight. They meet at 7 o'clock as usual. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the radio show. This is the word to stand on for life. My name is Pastor Ken Cruzado. I'm one of the staff pastors here at Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. And this week, I have the privilege of filling in for my pastor, Pastor Ron Arbaugh and him and uh, Paula are on their vacation. And so if you're just tuning in, he wanted me to convey his love to the radio listening audience and let you guys know, first, thank you for your prayers. They have landed safely in California and all uh, already are on the beach, relaxing. Uh, jokingly, I mentioned earlier uh that they have this bench they call Fred and Ethel's bench. That's the place they like to sit facing the ocean and listen to Jesus as they hear the waves crashing on the shore. One year, or a few years ago, I don't remember exactly when, but there was somebody sitting on that bench. Paula joked about it. Uh, And I think it might have been last year. Uh, But Michael, if that's you, that was his name, I believe. You're there. You need to move because... Paul and Pastor Ron want to sit on their bench and listen to Jesus. (laughs) Today's a Monday edition. This is the second half of the Word to Stand On for Life. Everything continues as normal. I will be filling in for him this week. So that means my beautiful wife, May, and I will be doing the date day edition on Thursday. Uh, And then next week, we have pre-recorded programs uh, for for, uh, the radio listeners. All right, let me give the radio uh, phone numbers, uh, 210-340-9585. That's 210-340-9585. Uh, the toll-free number is 877-630-5757. 877-630-5757. Questions at calvarysa.com. That's the email address you can submit questions to. It's questions at calvarysa.com. If you submit a question, I may not get to it till the next day, but but go ahead and submit it that way if that's the way you prefer. Uh, one more way we have as an option is the church mobile app. There's an opportunity there for you to type out a question and submit it that way. Whatever is easiest for you. Okay, let's move on. The, the next question I have is from Miracle. I have a question about politics. Last week, my pastor made a comment that didn't sit well with me, but I don't want to make a big deal out of something that isn't. He was talking about the rapture and and jokingly said, the unbelievers uh, will be left behind, along with the Democrats. In this day and age of political ch- politically charged uh, environment as a Christian, what is the stance when it comes to politics? 
and how should leaders in the church address politics? Thank you very much. Well, Miracle, all I can do is speak for what we do here at Calvary Chapel. And if you've listened to Pastor Ron before, I will reiterate the exact same thing he says, which is this. Uh, we will never use the platform that Jesus has given us to promote or denigrate uh, any political candidate, any political party. Uh, we won't use this to, uh, as a soapbox to, to en uh, enforce or align with any um, political stance. And this is the reason why. It's because we want people to hear the Word of God. We, we don't want people to hear about uh, politically charged uh, diatribe arguments and we know how divisive they may be and that's not a place that's not a conversation that takes that should take place uh, especially from the pulpit we've been given this privilege to teach god's word and and we want to use every moment we have pointing people to jesus how can we point them to jesus if we're going on and on on a soapbox about uh, you know, some political campaign. And and make no mistake about it, I mean, there are things in the scriptures as we go through the Bible expositionally, which means we're systematically going through verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and book by book, what the Bible says and how it applies to our lives. Well, there will be times where social issues and political issues come up, but we won't talk about them uh, as a means to, to sway people in, in, in their political opinion. This is because God wants to deal with, deal with heart. He doesn't care about what political party one is affiliated with. He doesn't care about who you vote for. Uh, now, there, are, there may be biblical reasons, and we, I would say don't violate your conscience, vote your conscience. But when it comes to standing, in front of God's people. I think of Nehemiah chapter 8, when Ezra is standing and giving God's word in a public setting. He's, he's reading the very words that come from God written to his people. They were hurting. They were confused. In that crowd were people who, who were going through really difficult things in their life. And that's why Ezra had other men serving to help uh, articulate and explain what the Word of God is down below to the people. But there is no place for political diatribe in that environment. I just think, uh, you know, when I'm standing here, or when Pastor Ron is standing here at the pulpit, and, and people have just lost a loved one. There's people who are going through miserable times in their in their marriage and in their family. And, and if we were to have a guest speaker, or, or if we were to start talking about politically charged topics, how is that going to help them? So our stance is there's no place for that here. How should leaders in the church address politics? Well, I don't think they should talk about politics at all. We, we, we don't want to endorse uh, people. We want to promote Jesus. That's it. And that's what the calling for pastors is. That's what the, the church's mission is, is to teach the Bible, to be his hands and feet, to reach people who are hurting, that people may get saved. So, Miracle, I hope that helps. Uh, I think uh, I think of when Paul uh, was writing to the Corinthians, and this was a group of people, a church, who had so many distractions, so many distractions. One of the very first things he said to them was that I resolve to know nothing and what he's effectively saying is, I resolved to not speak about anything while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
in fact, the NLT, I think in this case, does something a little bit more descriptive and more to the point. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ and the one, the one who was crucified. That's the heart of a pastor speaking to people and getting right to the heart of the issue. So, Miracle, I, I hope that helps. No place for political discussion here at our church, and there should be no place for political discussion in the church. Now, I know there's a lot of people that won't agree, but this is just what the Bible says. All right, let's go to, uh, let me give you the phone numbers. 210-340-9585, 210-340-9585. The toll-free number is 877-630-5757, 877-630-5757. Don't forget the email address, that's questions at calvarysa.com. Questions at calvarysa.com. I wanted to mention something I, uh, that I did not mention in the first half. I always say in the beginning, or Pastor Ron always says this too, on Mondays, uh, I like to reflect on what was taught on Sunday. And, and, I, and I hope that's what you do also. Like I said at the beginning of the show, I hope you had a great time at church yesterday. I told you about Mary and Frank, but... What I wanted to mention also was the passage that we were in in Luke 14. Something that the Lord really spoke to me about. And he was talking, it was Jesus talking about our saltiness. Do we have, if, if, if we lose, what's the purpose the salt have if it loses its saltiness? And the application for that is so practical. I think of Christians who, who may be saved but have been distracted by so many things. And, and, and Miracle's question kind of brought this to mind. We're so easily distracted. So easily distracted. Social causes, things that we devote our time to that by themselves are not bad things. But we become so preoccupied with things, we champion these causes and lose sight of what our calling as Christians is supposed to be. On the pulpit, I mentioned that we, we, we don't like to talk about political issues because we have a limited amount of time. And, and one of the other things, too, is that Peter tells us in his, I think it's in the second letter, but one of the things he starts off saying in his second letter is, is is that he will always remind you of these things. What things? Jesus. He's talking about the redemption, the, 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 by faith in Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of sin. These are the same things that he says, I will always remind you of these things. And this is what he says next. Even if you know them and are firmly established in the truth that you now have. I think, he says, it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body. Because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made it clear to me. And then in verse 15, and I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. What he's saying is this, we talk about the same thing. Over and over. Now, we're not saying the exact same thing. But the Bible from beginning to end is always talking about Jesus. And sometimes people will sit and listen and say, well, I already know this. Or they'll say, I already know this and I'm already practicing this. Tell me something else I don't know. Tell me something that's new. People so often want to hear nuggets and, and, and cool uh, biblical uh, Facts that they never thought of before, or interpretations or, or applications that, that are new. But what Jesus says, through the Peter the Apostle, is that I'll remind you of the same things over and over again. Why? Because that's what's important. All the other stuff, not that important. 
And I'll make sure that after I'm gone, you'll still be remembering the very same thing. Okay, well, let's go back to our phone line. We have Daniel from New Braunfels. Daniel, you're on the air. How can I help you? Hi, Pastor. I have a, a quick question, um, and then I need your help on a scripture. So the question okay. I have is, um, so I was attending a church a, a little while back, and I just didn't feel right that what I was hearing from the pulpit, since you're talking about from the pulpit today, um, you know, the pastor kept talking about it. It was just a bunch of prosperity. You know, God wants you to have everything that you want. You know, because the reason you're not healed is because you don't have enough faith. Uh, hmm. You don't have this in your life. You don't have that in your life. Your family's not well off because you're not praying right. You know, everything was always about your level of faith and your prayers not being sufficient is how I took that. And then I thought, well, you know, no, God doesn't want us to have everything that we want. Material, He wants us to have everything that He wants us to have in Him, but not on this earth and material. And correct me if I'm wrong on this, I don't want to be have a judgmental heart. I just kind of follow my spirit that that just wasn't right, and I, I left that church. Um, is that... Could I consider that to be... Um, I don't want to say a false prophet, but false teaching, making him a false prophet or a false pastor. How should I read that? Okay, Daniel, that's a great question and a very, very important one. The prosperity gospel is an insidious, insidious teaching. It's a false teaching. And it is a church or any church that teaches that or any deviation of it is one to be avoided. It's just one to simply avoid. Uh, nothing good comes from it. It appeals to our flesh, like you alluded to, Daniel. And it, it, not only that, but it, it ruins lives. It ru- ruins family. And just like you said, Daniel, it is an appeal to our flesh to, to, to make us believe that God wants uh, all material blessings, physical healings, uh, that they're all ours if we have enough faith. And the problem, Daniel, is this, that goes against the scriptures. I look at the Apostle Paul, the, the godliest man. We have an example outside of Jesus. And if you remember, in the 12th chapter of his second letter to the Corinthians, he he had a thorn in the side that he begged Jesus to take from him three times, and three times Jesus said no. But Jesus said this, but my grace is sufficient from you for you. That doesn't mean uh, that, that he's going to get everything he has materially or, or even uh, physically health-wise, but it meant that no matter what he has to endure, Jesus will give him the grace that he needs. And this is a teaching that goes directly against the prosperity movement, the prosperity gospel. So your discernment is 100% correct, Daniel, and you're not being judgmental. You're not, you're not being, um, uh, uh, you're not causing trouble, but your discernment is definitely led by the spirit. And it's just something that you should avoid at all costs. Go to a place, go to a church that teaches the Bible. I'm sorry. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I still have two family members that are that are attending that church. They're actually the, the ones that invited me there, and I, you know, just out of uh, to be nice, I guess, if you will. And I really didn't have a church home at the time. Uh, I started attending there, and then just after a few months, I thought, no, that's this is not right. So, so I left, and then they asked me why, and I told them that I just didn't feel that that was right in my spirit. I said, you know, there's. There's too much scripture, like you're saying, that, that just goes contrary to that. And and I didn't want to call him a false pastor or a false prophet. I mean, how what do I say about him? Or do I not say anything about him to my family? Or I just I think I should, but I don't know what to I don't know what to say. I don't want to call him something that I shouldn't call him. Perfect. Okay, wonderful follow up question. Yes, Daniel. So let me clarify. Uh, your issue is with the teaching 
you don't need to say anything about the person. Uh, you want to tell your loved ones and anyone you care about that goes to that church that they need to go to a church that teaches the Bible and this is not that church. If if they, and what you'll find and what I've often found is sometimes uh, that's offensive to people because they have uh, sentimental or emotional ties to a church and they're willing to listen to whatever a pastor says, but that's why this is so insidious because uh, people uh, are getting what they want to hear. They're, they're listening to a pastor that's, that's uh, giving them what their itching ears want to hear, telling them that Jesus wants to give them money, wants to give them wealth and health and, and everything like that. And if you talk about sin, well, that's something that they don't want to hear about. But your job, Daniel, is to talk to the people that you know. And you tell them. It's, it's not your job to convince them. Now, what you're doing by talking to them directly in love is telling them the truth. That's the most loving thing you can do. Too often, we Christians avoid the, the awkwardness or, or the confrontation because we don't want to seem divisive or judgmental. But that's not the case. When your heart is right before the Lord, Daniel, and you see someone being fed poisonous teaching, You've got to tell them how they respond is between them and the Lord. But what you can do, Daniel, is this. And I think this is what you already said you've been doing. Talk to them, tell them the truth, and let the Lord work on their hearts. Don't debate. Don't argue. Uh, don't get into uh, you know, a back and forth. Uh, definitely don't want to make it a yelling match. But you just simply point them to the scripture. I would use Paul's example here in Second Corinthians chapter 12. But then you let the Spirit of God speak to their hearts. And then, I promise you, if they really love Jesus and they're seeking Him with all their heart, uh, they'll respond. And then Jesus will whisper to them, Hey, look at Daniel. Look at Daniel. What he's doing is right. And look, he's attending a church that's teaching the Bible. And look, he's being fruitful in every way. Jesus tells us through the Apostle Paul that we have been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies from Ephesians chapter 1. And a lot of prosperity teachers misinterpret that to say that that is material blessings, but it's not. It has nothing to do with the material things of this world. So, Daniel, you keep doing what you're doing. Tell your loved ones. Tell your family. You sit them down and, and you tell them, can, can I please tell you something about the church. What they're teaching is not biblical. It's not your opinion. It's what the Bible says. And you point them to scriptures. And then you let them wrestle with Jesus. I promise you, Daniel, uh, that act in love will be something the Lord will honor. And he'll use. And also be praying for them. Keep praying for your family. There's so, so many people that are caught up in this prosperity movement. So, Daniel, I hope that helps. Uh, if you have any other questions or if there's any, anything else, please uh, call us back. Okay, great. Uh, so, let's, uh, let's move on to, I've got less than four minutes here. Uh, let me say something really quickly before I move on to the next question. Uh, I love when people like Daniel act in boldness, not to argue and confront people, but because of their love for Jesus, they have a love for God's people, even the people in your blood family. Believe me, it is one of the most difficult things to have this kind of conversation with someone who's in your family. I've had that issue before, and ultimately you just have to trust Jesus that they'll know your heart. Your heart is right with the Lord, and you want them to hear solid biblical teaching so that they can be encouraged in their walk. Because nothing, absolutely nothing comes good. Nothing comes out of this prosperity, gospel, materialistic Bible teaching that that's good. Uh, I've got, oh, we've got two minutes here. Oh, here's a great question. I think I can do this in two minutes. Uh, 
How do I get thought? Uh, this is from Sue. How do I get? How do you get my thoughts past the pain? I know I've already been forgiven of. Um, Sue, I think this is similar to the question I addressed earlier with Sarah. But let me remind you, Sue, Second Corinthians chapter five. Whether the pain is something you caused in your past or that was someone that caused in your life, it is the past. And, and, and what Jesus wants to do today is separate from your past pain. It doesn't mean that you ignore what happened in the past, but you are a brand new creation. That means that the old is gone and the new has come and that Jesus has forgiven you of your sin. And the sin that entangled you, that ensnared you, no longer has to weigh you down. I'd also add this, Philippians chapter 3, Paul is saying... This one thing I do is forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the upward prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And before that, in verse 7, he says, Whatever gains were given to me, I can now consider loss for the sake of Christ. I consider everything a loss, the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. So, Sue, good or bad, you've got to let go of the past so you can grasp a hold of what Jesus has for you today. I think I want to talk about that a little bit more tomorrow. This is such an important thing. Well, you can hear the music. Uh, This is the end of the Monday edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. My name is Pastor Ken Cruzado. I'm filling in for my pastor, Pastor Ron Arbaugh, who begins his vacation. I'll see you tomorrow at 4 o'clock. God bless you. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.